This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today is day 27 and we're talking about the impact of sexual abuse on marriage. I hate oral sex and how can I ask for what I want. And this is a show where you can ask a real marriage therapist any questions that you want. If you're new here, welcome. The Anatomy of Marriage podcast is a show dedicated to helping couples and individuals grow stronger relationships through self-awareness, education tools, and community. That's right. And you can learn all about me and Melanie by listening to season one of our podcast and checking out our website at anatomyofmarriage.com. And to, to side note, sorry, and a side note, today's episode is not for younger ears. So grab your headphones before we start because it is about some serious topics. That's right. And I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. So this podcast and other resources that we put out are not intended to replace actual one-on-one or teletherapy. So keep that in mind. Um, uh, And then before we start the questions, we're going to read a review of the day. And our review is five stars from Grateful for Jesus. It says, great podcast. Thanks for being vulnerable and for all the work, time, and resources you have invested in this show. You are intelligent, knowledgeable people who have been gifted much wisdom and experience. Thank you for passing it on. Oh, and congratulations on getting 700 reviews. Thanks. Thank you. We are super excited about it. Yeah, now we're above 700. Thanks to (laughs) I know. It's so exciting. Jesus. Okay, let's... uh, I want to pray just real quick because we haven't in a couple of days. So thank you, God, Creator, for your blessings. Thank you for Melanie and the show and our family and our kids. Thank you for our listeners. I pray that it is helpful to them and gives them insight and gives us insight as well along the way. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's jump into our questions. Again, not for children. Okay, here we go. When... I was a young adult. My boyfriend tried to have sex with me. He forced me to touch him. I think the situation is affecting my marriage because I can't touch my husband. He asks me all the time, why don't you ever touch me? He knows about the situation, and I know that he still wants me to touch him, and I don't know how to get over that. We've been seeing a pastor at our church for counseling, and it's really helped, but I just don't feel comfortable talking about sex unless he were to bring it up. We can't afford to pay for counseling or sex therapy. Okay, so there is a lot in that, and I wrote a bunch of notes that I wanted to read. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sending in that question. 
this is for sure a thing that lots of people deal with. Um, and so one of the things that I want, or, or did you have something to say just right off the bat about that question before yeah, I dive in? With, right off the bat, I want to be sensitive to that because this is a form of sexual assault and there is associated trauma with that and even some PTSD that comes up and is presenting itself in the bedroom with your husband. Say what is PTSD? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. So so tell us what that means. Like when mm -hmm. your husband asks well, you to touch him, you are having... You're having a trauma response to it. Mm -hmm. Either you feel something viscerally, which is physically, or you feel something viscerally, emotionally, like, ah, and you get transported back to that uh, very unfortunate incident, that manipulation of power from what happened then, and it is affecting your intimacy and your ability to obviously be, be physical with your husband and your general, um, uh, general perception of sex and how you feel uncomfortable about it. And you know, trauma has to be dealt with and it is uncomfortable, it is painful, and it is scary. However, the other side of that, through therapy, I'm glad that you're talking to your pastor. I would really, really, really suggest going and seeing a licensed counselor with that because sometimes pastoral counseling just doesn't cut it and you can't sprinkle some religion on it just to uh, get through this stuff. So I would, I would say save up. A lot of therapists have sliding fee scales. That means they base their rate on what your income is and what you can afford. And yeah, that's my initial thoughts. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I thought about this right away is that, and, and not to dismiss what you've been going through and all that, but you are right now giving that um, abusive former boyfriend power over your current relationship. So I know that sounds weird and maybe counterintuitive, but that happened in the past. And if you can't, if you if you continue to just hold hold on to that um, trauma and you don't go see a therapist and you don't talk it through with a counselor, that that abusive boyfriend will continue to impact your relationship with your husband. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And also, sometimes trauma can be one incident or several incidences. And if it's not dealt with, then other maladaptive reactions that would not have come about unless the trauma triggered it, those can start coming around. So like sometimes people with trauma, they start drinking or they start, mm -hmm. you know, years and years later, they deal with stress this way. And then they try to gain control by like, hoarding behaviors or Being manipulative uh, OCD, or mm -hmm. uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, stuff like that. I'm not saying that every trauma results in that, but that is, that is the course, the progression of some of the things that we see mm -hmm. uh, today. What is that? What you, ex what you suppress will, what is that quote? I, I can one? never remember the things you try to like suppress will just come up somewhere else. What you resist will persist. There, that one, that's that a one. Buddhist thing. I think yeah. I said that yesterday. And then also Freud, uh, you know, this isn't verbatim. Freud talks about whatever is in the past, it always, always, always comes up in some ugly mm -hmm. form later mm -hmm. if it's not dealt with. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to kind of look at that past trauma as if it is like a current bad guy in your relationship. Because in a way it is. It's stealing your current joy. It's stealing your future joy if you let it live there in that space. So get, I would really say, go to counseling, get a therapist, excuse me, talk about it and and figure out how you can claim for yourself and for your future what you want your sexual relationship to look like with your husband. Like if your husband is wanting you to touch him and 
I'm assuming somewhere down deep, you also want to have the freedom, the, the freedom, the freedom <laughs> to be able to touch your husband as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And that starts with having a vision for healing, like make the PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder of that trauma, make it a bad guy, kick it out of your life, like mm-hmm. move past it with a counselor with your husband, with intention, and have a new vision for your marriage. Because honestly, you're giving power to that mm-hmm. jerk of a boyfriend um, by letting that, by not processing it and letting it replay itself over and over and over. Like, take the DVD out of the DVD player. Right. <laughs> I I can relate to this, and I you know this, Melanie, maybe the listeners don't, but when I was like in sixth grade or something, one of my male friends like did stuff to me that I didn't like, but I felt like there was a real power differential. And I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And like I've processed through that. And I know that you don't know this. And before we date, before we dated, I was with a girl and she kind of like forced me to do stuff. And it was very uncomfortable. I was like, this is gross, but I just did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like that. And I, it wasn't, it was, how about this? It wasn't as traumatic as other things that other people have experienced, but it was definitely something like, this is, mm-hmm. I don't like this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. But I, I didn't feel like I could say anything for some God, who knows reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't give those, those folks power anymore and work through it. And those two incidences are, are fine. I, it's fine now. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's been worked through. How was it worked through? Saying. Just thinking about it and being like, well, that was really messed up. But I, I just don't, I just don't think about it a ton because I don't need to. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't have to. It's like going by, you know, a tree that you drove by, you know, 10 years ago. It's like, oh, it's there. Okay. You realize it. you admit to it, you understand it and then go, I, it's, I, I don't need to go that way anymore mm-hmm. kind of thing. Does that make sense? Kind of. I I get what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think part of it is like how hold, how close you hold that story to yourself and how you, and again, this is not like victim blaming. So, I mean, I got to hear this carefully, but like if you had that story of my, you know, this person I dated did this to me and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. How hold, how, God, why can't I say this? How close are you going to hold that story to yourself and for how long? How long is that narrative going to influence your future narrative, <clears throat> mm-hmm. right? And again, as a therapist, I give every respect. I understand I'm completely empathetic, yeah, empathetic to it and sympathetic to it. And what Melanie is saying is take that, that happened, work through it. That power is robbing you from mm-hmm. from other good things that can be had in your marriage. Yeah, and and again, like you are a victim. That was a circumstance in which you literally were a victim, but victims don't have to be weak. Victims don't have to just sit there and take it. Victims don't have to like, you know, be immobile to what they can do. They can actually stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. This isn't going to take over my marriage anymore. This isn't going to stop me from being intimate with my partner, like that stuff. You can, um, you can be a victim and still be strong, still Mm -hmm. walk forward with integrity, go get counseling, Mm -hmm. be amazing. And so I I don't know. I just wanted to encourage that part of it Mm -hmm. as well. So thank you for the question. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Okay. This is a, an interesting question and I have no idea where it's going to go, which is exciting. I have a question about oral sex. I can't do it 
all caps, exclamation point. I know my husband wants it, and I just can't. I gag and have literally thrown up in the past. He does it to me often, but I have never asked him to. He just does it. It 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 just grossed me out so much. What do I do? Should I feel bad? Again, I never ask him to do it to me. He does it on his own. I am totally at a loss. I want him to be satisfied, but how can I overcome this? Thanks for your help. So a couple things stood out to me, and not just like the topic of oral sex. Two or three times you have said, but I don't ask him to do it to me. So let's talk about that. I have some questions about that. Do you feel guilty? Do you like it? Do you wish that he wouldn't? Or do you feel like, well, it's it's something oral? I don't know. Because if you don't like it, then you need to tell your husband, mm-hmm. hey, that's uncomfortable. I don't prefer it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Melanie tells me what she doesn't like, right? And I'm working on telling her what I don't like. I think this is in the last year from going to the sex retreat, from understanding brakes and accelerators. Mm-hmm. And that's just me saying, uh, hey, I don't like that, right? And then also there's some feelings of guilt. Like, oh, is oral sex the only way to have a connection and have pleasure with your husband? And is that how he feels it? I don't think so. There's probably other ways too, right? So don't beat yourself up because maybe there's some comparison of something here? I'm not sure. What do you think about it? Um, there's a couple things that come to mind as I read the question, but it's so I was thinking about this the last night of all things. I was thinking about how can we explain what sex isn't and what and how people get sex wrong. And the best explanation I can think of is like us saying uh, like having all this scientific data to be like we know that being in nature is so good for us so we're going to cut down a bunch of parks and we're going to put in playgrounds nature is so good go to a playground Mm. right like we are we are like taking out what is the natural version the healthiest version of and so so in this example sex and intimacy that is healthy is the forest right? It's nature. Mm -hmm. And we're going to remove that. And we're going to put in like this fake pornographic version of what sex is, which is a playground park, Mm -hmm. right? They're not the same thing. They don't have the same benefits. Um, One is like stale, isolated pretend. And the other one is real flourishing has whole ecosystems, right? So when I look at this question, and it says, I know my husband wants me to and I just can't. The first thing that comes to my mind is, I, I, and I'm, this is all just a guess, but is your husband like, is he saying, I want you to have, I, I want to have oral sex. I want you to do this to me. And then he's like forcing you to do something that mm-hmm. you don't want because that is, uh, not what, um, that's not like the nature version of intimacy, right? Or, so or if is you're, he just bringing it up all the time? Like, I wish, you know, Right. Well, I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is like, if the, if your partner is asking for that, what instead I would like you to do is not just go, okay, I'll do this, but I hate it and I throw up and say, okay, how, so, so say, I really have a hard time with this. This is not something that I enjoy. How can we work together to make this something enjoyable? Is that even a possibility? Can it turn from, I hate this so much, I throw up all the time to how can we make this something that we both enjoy like expand your brain cells beyond what you have experienced and what your thoughts are about it. But really it's like get out of the playground, the like created false sex idea Mm -hmm. and go into the woods. I know that sounds super weird, but like it's a totally different mindset when you're in a forest and you're walking on trees that have fallen and there's rivers and there's whatever. And then you go to like a gross park that has AstroTurf. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. And you can't, 
make the same experience in both places. They're not the same thing. And so when I read that question, like I I gag and I literally throw up in the past, that part to me is like, you have to create a new version of what that looks like for you both. And I'm not saying you need to be performing oral sex on your husband. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that like you and your partner can maybe figure out a new way to have this experience that is completely different from what you've ever known. And that's so weird because how do you explain how Like that sounds so right. crazy, but I know it's possible. So have you guys had a conversation about this? It's like... Uh, that's not uh, blaming and pushing each other away. Yeah, it, it grossed me out. What do I do? Should I feel bad? No, you should not feel bad for being... For, for not doing something that you don't find connection and that you don't like. I don't know why Instagram just had a just poor connection. It's, it's weird. The, yeah. Uh, so, um, the, the shaming piece about that, what, what are you internalizing around that? Oh, you're not performing to some certain standard, you know, is that, does that come from your family origin? Did that come from school? Does that, does that come from your work life career? I don't know if you're a mom or are you a good mom kind of thing, but who are you comparing yourself to? Uh, because the comparison trap will make you feel bad. Will you make, will make you feel less than, will make you feel shamed. Right. And like even, okay, here's a, a left field thing. So may I, I don't know, but this did come up, and it's like something that Tina would say, like, okay, if you're okay with oral sex, it just like grosses you out. Maybe there's something you can do differently. Like I don't, I don't know. Like help me, help me out well, here. Like it, it's the thing that I. This is the second part I was going to say about that question. Is it says I never, in all caps, ask him to give me oral sex. He just does it. Mm-hmm. So. That that sounds like the language of exchange. Yeah, is he is he doing oral on you? I'm sorry. To the, so it sounds like what you're saying is th- like he assumes you want to have oral sex performed on you. There is a great chance that he is performing oral sex on you because he loves you and he finds that very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Not just because he thinks that you are going to find it enjoyable, right? Maybe like it's a, an accelerator for him big time. I'm sure it is. Like I, I think that there's, um, I think there's like a roadblock in your mind that you are assuming a lot about why he's doing that, why he would ever want to do that, and is he doing that because um, <laughs> Seth is lock the door? <laughs> the kids walked in a minute ago, um, but but it's uh, important to really assess and ask yourself. Am I looking at this just like an exchange? Like, is my husband saying, I want a hamburger, give it to me now? Or am I looking at it like a um, a relationship? Because right. that's what I'm not hearing in, the, in this question. I'm not saying, I love my husband so deeply, I want to be intimately connected with him. I'm hearing, I hate oral sex, I don't want to do it. And this, I'm also hearing a lack of how this builds connection and pleasure. Yeah. And that's, right? so I would highly suggest if you haven't listened to season one and then our sex and intimacy series with Dr. Tina and Deb Thomas, um, go listen to those. So in season one, I think it's episode seven. It's like, don't turn on or yeah, don't turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it's complicated. Those are two of our sex and intimacy episodes. And then we have whole sex and intimacy series. I'll try to remember to share them today. But those will be really helpful and really re-understanding and newly understanding what connection and pleasure is and why sex is important for connection and pleasure and not just, I hate oral sex. Now I'm moving on to something else. Like right. We got to have a mind shift about it. 
Um, and again, you're not saying like, okay, yeah, shift your mind so you can so do you oral can do sex. oral. No, that is not, not what I am saying. Mm-hmm. So don't, please don't hear that. And husbands don't abuse that either. Okay, I'm gonna move on. I'm listening to yesterday's bad breath well, that episode. Wasn't yesterday's, but yeah, I, <laughs> a recent yeah. episode we did on bad breath and wondering, am I a terrible person for wanting my husband to cut his hair or take better care of it? It is very unkempt, and I do find it gets in the way of my desire for him. I've always thought I shouldn't say anything because it's his hair and his choice, but it bothers me so much. Okay, here is a trap I believe that, and I don't know if this is a millennial couple, but millennials and kind of the current thinking is like oh yeah i can't ask anybody to do something they don't want to do Mm -hmm. or like i can't have my own preferences or we have to give some sort of parentheses or caveat to something like well i it's like i can't be real with people Mm -hmm. right and i don't know how old this couple is but yes if you find ugly unkempt hair or stinky bad breath a turnoff, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you tell your husband? Why wouldn't you tell your wife about that? You tell me all the time, cut your nose hairs. I'm like, well, the nose hair isn't something I think about, but you tell me. And I'm like, it's my nose hair, B. You know, <laughs> get away. B. Right? You know, I'm like, no, that is a turnoff. That is a break. That is a non-accelerator for Melanie. So, of course, I'm going to. And I guarantee you that if you told your husband, hey, listen, I love you. And, you know, it was kind of a soft landing. I love you. You're great. Blah, blah, blah. Well, start with hair. start with the enticing part first. I love you so much. I want to be with you more. Mm-hmm. Here's how this might be beneficial for us. I love you so much. Is there a chance because I want to be with you more that you could get a haircut? Maybe you could even suggest types of haircuts or bathing schedules. I know that sounds bathing silly. Bathing schedules. I, it's not silly. I mean, it's real. Like yeah. if because. I'm super sensitive to things like smell, like anyway, smell all things that I'm super sensitive to perfume. I don't wear perfume. I don't like things that are scented. I'm like headache queen with that kind of thing. So if you smell bad, it is like I'm not, there's no option of me overriding your stink factor for me to be intimate with you. It is not going to happen. My brain is too olfactorily charged to be able to override that. It will just shut off all my other stuff. Right. So it is very important that you um, figure out how to communicate that. But I think it's really important to do it in a way that is telling your partner why it would matter. Why would it, why would it behoove your partner to cut their hair or wash it or bathe? Right. You could say, cut your hair and take a shower and we will have more intimacy. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's something as simple as that. Maybe that's not the case. I don't know. Maybe your mm-hmm. sex life is fine. Let's see. <laughs> I want to grow out my handlebar mustache. She says if I do it, she'll shave it off in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that that's is, funny. I mean, there are things like that. I will say that uh, I've not let, but like we've done different things like with style or fashion where we say, okay, it's not my favorite thing. Go ahead and try it. That's fine. Like if you want to have some sort of crazy, whatever, I'm not going to be like, no, because I won't have sex with you. Like I'm, we have to be gracious also. Okay. Here's the thing. And leave room for one another in a way. I don't particularly like having a beard, especially when allergy season comes around. It's the worst. It's, but she, she likes it, right? She prefers it. She thinks it looks more attractive. And I say, all right, that's that's totally fine. I will do that, right? And that's just a, a compromise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, a beard, who cares? I'm not thinking it's my face, it's my body, blah, 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 because I just don't think that way, mm-hmm. I guess. 
Yeah. So I would encourage you to ask for what you want, but ask in a way that is not like damning to what the other person is doing. That's mm-hmm. what I, I mean, and I'm saying that from my own experience, I did that incorrectly forever. And, um, and it's a very slow learning process of like, you know, how do you do it in a way yeah. that's generative and life giving and respectful? I appreciate the respect that you're showing here. Like, well, it is his face and stuff, but this is just what I prefer. So you can share your preference. And he was, if he's a jerk about it, then I guess you can have a conversation around, around that. So, yeah, there is a fine line between, like, I can't share my preferences or being respectful and, like, this is what I want. And mm-hmm. then also he does reserve the rights. Hopefully he's not a weirdo about it. So Yeah. And okay. you want to find balance because you don't want to be controlling people. Okay. We're going to do this last one. So, Melanie, I'm going to let you read it. This is not a question. It is an email that we received yesterday, and I loved it so much. It says, we have a little feedback. This comes from the most loving place possible. Melanie, you are a fiery one. You live with such passion. You bring personality. Wait. Your big personality is amazing, but it does have its sore spots. As an outsider looking in, we've noticed your big personality tends to overlap Seth's. Oftentimes, you will talk over him or invalidate his thoughts. You both give your opinions, which we love, but more often than not, Seth doesn't get to finish his thoughts. It feels less like a partnership show and more like a Melanie show. Ouch. It hurts to say all of this because of the pleaser in me who was writing this, but I'm giving you our feedback as a couple because we want to see you guys succeed just as you have helped us succeed. Sometimes the advice givers need advice too. Our challenge to you is don't Mm. interrupt Seth's thoughts. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to hear, not necessarily to respond. So I wanted to read this because one, it's awesome. And yes, uh, what does it say? Sometimes the advice givers need advice too. So thank you for sending this in. But my... Hold on. Thank you. um, Free tickets to whatever we do for life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things that I loved about it the most and one of the main... I mean, apart from it's great advice and I wanted to take it in for myself and then share it. But the very end, I think, is so cool because you say, our challenge to you is... And you you tell me lovingly your thoughts and your feedback and then you gave me a challenge. It was completely sandwiched with something nice, a constructive, loving criticism, and then wrapped up with something nice and also a call. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I liked about it is that it helped me understand... Because you said like it's overlapping and I cut Seth off and then it actually gave me the insight like, oh, Seth, we we have two different perspectives. Obviously, I should have known this or thought about it forever. But like Seth comes at it from a clinical perspective, a therapist perperspective, and I'm a sort of like motivational e. I don't mm-hmm. know what what you would call my perspective on it, but that we need to have space that is, and we need to have space to honor both of those perspectives, but also model what um what is the word I'm trying to say? Like model the behaviors that we would want people to be having in their own relationships too. Mm -hmm. So model, you know what I'm saying? Model the communication to being able to listen and receive and not talk over. So you're saying model, but these folks are saying, hey, you, you... We don't model we that. haven't been modeling it. Oh. So we it is incumbent upon us to model it. Right. Okay. Because we're talking about two different perspectives mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So I'm just really thankful for that feedback. I love that you sent it. I super love that there was a challenge. Yeah, we're, we're I hope today's episode seemed better because I tried really hard. We're not mad or anything. I don't <laughs> think you're mad or no. or whatever. Sometimes when folks would email stuff like that i'd be like i would get defensive of like well you know of melanie and then i would get mad at melanie and be like yeah these people are right oh he would do it but all I, the time. I didn't feel that way this time because it was done in a good way it was sandwiched mm-hmm. let's see my husband can grow a dull full, full head of hair oh, a full head of hair if he chooses 
But he chooses to shave his bald head, and I no, hate it. No, he shaved his head bald, and I oh. hate it. I, I stopped taking photos with him and won't touch his scalp. Okay, so what kind of conversations have you had around that? Like, if Mel- so, Melanie did have, she shaved her head when we were dating, and I still... It was before we were dating. We weren't dating then. Oh, that's right. It was growing out. But yeah. I knew you with a shaved head, and I was like, what... <laughs> is this right and it was excitement and it was fine it was whatever i definitely don't want you to shave your head again (laughs) right and and just like me growing my beard out because you like it i you you've asked kind of like it kind of jokingly i want to shave my head i was like no please don't and if you did i'd be like we need to talk because that's just why did you do that? Yeah. Britney Spears, you know, kind of thing. And so I can understand. I would like for you guys to have a conversation about this. What does that mean to him? Shaving head bald. I, I have, I don't know. It's like that George Costanza episode or uh, Seinfeld episode when like, you know, the, the ability for a man to have hair, but he chooses to shave it. Yeah. It's like all the bald dudes are like, what is wrong with you kind of thing and it's, 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 it's kind of funny but yeah I think you guys need to have a conversation around this it's like tell him use the, use I statements use the clearing structure mm-hmm. use the sandwich just like our friends did in mm-hmm. this constructive criticism to yeah so tell our, you can tell your husband like I man I just really love it when you have longer hair and and we I, I feel more close to you I feel more sexually attracted to you I want to be with you more when you have longer hair like put the bait on the hook, right? Like, don't just be like, shoot, I want you to have longer hair. Why don't you ever have a lot? Like, that's just a hook. Right. Put the bait on it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I just want to say something like super inappropriate, but I won't. <laughs> what? I don't really even know, but I had the like inclination to say something. Was it probably like something? I don't even know. Don't worry about sexual it. Anyway, it was just hook. kind of funny. But yeah, so, but I would say do that like the sandwich approach where you tell them, um, what what it is that you what what they're missing by shaving their head in, oh, okay. in the lovingliest right. way, right? Lovingest. Anyway, um, that is all for today. Thank you for your questions. We've got questions lined up for tomorrow already. Mm-hmm. Can send your questions in again if we haven't answered them and you've already sent them. Send them again. Sometimes we just lose them. We have a lot of them and we just they fall out of yeah. our email. This has been the most interaction with with fans since we started doing the 100 days of Q&A. It's like just tons of emails and all kinds of stuff. So that's awesome. Her sevenness is showing. Yeah, so <laughs> that's pretty good. And uh, we want to encourage you guys, again, we read books all the time. Audible has been such a part of our growth for probably three, two and a half to three years, just books after books. Some are good, some are bad. You can even return a book and exchange it for free, which is a really cool thing, which Mm -hmm. we've done a couple times. So I want to encourage you guys to go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your free audiobook. Right now I'm listening to uh, Take Control of Your Life by Mel Robbins and The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. And both of those books are really, really good. I just finished that one and it's amazing. And I Mm -hmm. just today started, what is it? The Power of Habits or something? Mm -hmm. Or uh, I can't think of what it's called, but I just started it like literally right before we started filming. Mm-hmm. So go get a free audiobook on us. We love audiobooks. We love to learn via audiobooks. It's amazing. Wait, someone is asking a question. Hey, Mel, by the way, the lyrics from two that we're talking about the other day will, I will love you without a single string attached. Oh, I've listened to that podcast a mm. lot and that song. It's so good. Oh, that's good. Loving others oh, and loving yourself. Oh, yes, it's so good. Um, oh, yes, man. but so... 
lastly, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes if you find it helpful. It is very helpful for us. It makes us feel really good. But more importantly, it gives new listeners, people who might want to listen to our show, mm-hmm. an opportunity to see if it's worth their time. They want to know what y'all think about the show, not what we think about the show. So please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It is extremely helpful to spread the show and get people listening and helping lots and lots of marriages. Someone else An- wrote something. Another thing, let's see. My husband and I love your podcast and it really helped our marriage. That is awesome. Thank, Thank you so you. much. That That is our overarching goal to help you guys. And then when we help others, we help ourselves. And that's rad. And also, tell your friends and tell your family, tell your dog about the show. Word of mouth is like really good advertising mm-hmm. and you guys can have conversations about it. We can join in on Facebook groups and all the, all, all kinds of stuff. So look up some episodes, drop, text it to your friends or your mom or your dad or whoever, get them to listen and that'll be awesome. Another one. I just want to tell you guys that this episode felt so loving and very different. You guys rock and Aww. are so thankful. Well, good. Thank you. I don't know why Thank it felt per- so loving. It but- felt loving and different because that person's email said, don't interrupt your husband and be mean. <laughs> That's why I try really hard. It's a better show since you stopped interrupting. Awesome. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Have a good day. (laughs) Anyway, really, though, thank you and have an amazing day. Thank you for joining us, and we will see y'all tomorrow. All right. Bye. Bye.